Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome to the Cast, a weekly podcast from the Canon Espedation's blog about your Columbus Blue Jackets. I'm your host, PD, and I'm joined by a special guest this week, Steph Driver. She's the manager of Broad Street Hockey and the hockey editorial manager at SB Nation. Good evening, Steph. How's it going? Oh, it is lovely. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing all right. So it has, uh, it's been a long time since the Jackets and Flyers have played each other, February of 2020. Uh, so nearly two years since these teams have faced off, which is ridiculous. I feel like we were at that game, weren't we? No, it was a it was, that, that a, was different a different opponent. Columbus yeah. game just before the shutdown. Right. Yeah, but then I I was at one of the it, what may have been their last game or second to last game against each other. It was the one where Bjorkstrand broke his ankle. So uh, right, was, I yeah. remember that. Oof. Anyway, so they're playing again. Uh, the teams have. They're both playoff teams that season. Uh, now they're very much not. Um, so the Flyers are two points behind the Jackets. They have played one more game. Uh, they fired uh, head coach Elaine Vigneault after starting 8-11-4. They are 5-6-3 under interim coach Mike Yo. They've lost seven straight coming into this recording. So I'm sure this is not how you expected the season to unfold. So uh, what has gone wrong this season? Oh. <sighs> Oh boy, everything. Um, we thought that last season was the perfect storm of suck for the Flyers. Um, nope, apparently that was this year. Uh, and, and really what it revolves around is the off-season additions haven't panned out the way that we all expected them to, with the exception of my personal favorite, Cam Atkinson. <laughs> who I have taken from you, thanks. Um, The biggest problem is Ryan Ellis. So the Flyers' defense has been the bane of my existence for the past, you know, forever. Um, And this this offseason, Chuck Fletcher really went out to to improve it and made the effort to get his number one defenseman, who we've – figured out over the years is not Ivan Provorov, who is a really solid two, but he needs, he needs the the number one defenseman paired with him. He's never going to be that guy. Uh, so they went out, got Ryan Ellis for 
uh, Nolan Patrick, Phil Myers, and a pick, I think. And Ryan Ellis has played very few games. I'm trying to think of the exact number. I think it's six, mm. but I I don't know off the top of my head. It is a very small number. And the latest updates that we're getting from the Flyers, from the the medical staff, is that it's not even close. Not to even expect him to come back this season. I mean, they're not coming out and saying exactly that, but sure, that's what they're saying. They did say that he's getting real frustrated because there's no improvement. And the other additions, Yandel, awful. Real bad. Um, Derek Broussard has been fine but when the the two defensemen are either not playing or bad yeah and that was the biggest problem we're we're just we're reaching into the cupboard cupboards here and, and coming out pretty empty interesting so where does that leave the team going forward do you think is this something that can be fixed with tweaks in the offseason or is it going to come down to a rebuild that's a great question, and that's actually all that we've been talking about in Flyers world for the past couple of months because they are at the phase right now where, okay, if we're doing a full teardown and rebuild, that means trading Claude Giroux, Sean Couturier, uh, Carter Hart. Like all of those guys have got to go if we're going to do the teardown. I don't think that it's the best idea to do so. Uh, but it is certainly an option. You know, the other option is, you know, taking a look at who the t- who the team who they have under contracts mm-hmm. and and getting real creative, clearing up money and moving people around. And I think it's possible to rebuild without a full teardown because there are some really good pieces here. Like Sean Couturier is an incredible mm-hmm. hockey player. He's been nagged by injuries this season. Last season was just a nightmare for everyone involved. But people forget he's still two years off of his Selkie Trophy win. Like, he's he's really good. Yeah, and, and uh, got a big contract extension uh, last summer. Got right? a big contract extension that starts next season. So, like, maybe we don't give up on this team. And... Mm-hmm. The possibility of the Flyers, of all teams, to find another goaltender of the caliber of Carter Hart, like, you can't just let that go. You can't. Um, So I think, you know, (laughs) tearing it down is appealing only because the fan piece of me wants to see the organization burn like there's there's <laughs> you know that piece of me that's just like you've made me suffer for so long mm-hmm. I want you to suffer a little bit now not the players and not the coaches like not the actual people just you sure. know the logo um, yeah that, that, that feels like a very Philly mindset listen I am who I am <laughs> but no I I just don't think that that's I don't think that that's the way this era of the NHL is is going to be built. You know, you can't mm-hmm. just tear down teams because look at what happens. Let's look at Edmonton. You know, they got the best player in the world and they're still just this middling team that is in the same position as the Flyers every single offseason. Where are they going to make the playoffs? Are they not going to make the playoffs? Who knows? And that's with Connor McDavid. So I, I don't think that... 
tearing the flyers down is the best route. It is a route and we'll see what happens. I, I don't know. I don't know what Chuck's going to do. I don't even know. Sorry, this is going off no, go, on a <laughs> tangent from one question. I don't even know if Chuck Fletcher is the general manager to do a tear down and rebuild. You know, that's not what he was brought in here for. Yes. That was, that actually was going to be one of my questions was, do you think he is the guy to rebuild this team or, or retool the team going forward? He's been there for three years on the job. Does he deserve more time or do you think someone else should be in charge of that? You know, I, I think that he deserves more time. I think that the moves that he's made have been on average positive for the team. There were some real stinkers in there, but also some really fantastic trades. Cam Atkinson and Jake Voracek, Mm -hmm. like that is a trade that worked out really well for both teams and both players, I think. Um, And, and that was great. Uh, Getting uh, Ryan Ellis, Phenomenal and and trading away two young guys who have not produced for either one of their teams in any sure. significant fashion. Brilliance. I, I think that he deserves the chance. And not only is he general manager, but he's also team president. And I think that that's really important to keep in line, keep in mind that he does have more than general management responsibilities, which means the organization trusts him to a higher level. Um, So I think, I think that the next few months certainly will be interesting and we should know by the summer, at least Chuck Fletcher's fate, Mike Yo's fate as well. But I don't, I don't know what the best solution is here because it's all, it's all bad is is the problem. (laughs) Well, you know, it seems to me the way you're describing it is that perhaps a sort of, partial rebuild or rebuild on the fly or like the blue jackets did the summer might be the path for the flyers where there is some talent in the house that they recognize and identify and choose to build around. So it's not getting rid of everyone, but then there are also some pieces that maybe no longer fit, but still have value. And so those are pieces then that you turn around and move for something else. So uh, I've noticed Claude Giroux is a UFA at the end of the season. So will will they trade him at the deadline, do you think? He has a no-trade clause, so he would have to approve it. And from what I've heard, he has no interest in leaving Philadelphia. Mm. But of course, that's all going to depend on what happens with the team the rest of the season. Uh, I believe that he's probably going to need assurances from Chuck Fletcher himself. Like, yeah, we're going to get you a good coach and we're going to surround you by guys that will actually support you. Like you haven't had in your entire career. Uh, I would be really sad if Claude Giroux left, but if he left to go chase a cup, Mm -hmm. I understand. Like I would celebrate him uh, depending on which team he's on. But, like, I would celebrate him, maybe not the, the victory of the team. Um, like we did with Kimo Timonen when he won with the Blackhawks back in 20-something. But, you know, Ron Hextall tried to do a, a rebuild on the fly. Um, mm-hmm. Columbus was a lot more successful than Ron Hextall was over years. 
Um, and that is actually one of the big problems in Flyers fandom right now is that Ron Hextall left us in such a bad position because he was not a good drafter and he made poor evaluation decisions and um, everyone's still real mad at him, which is why no one's really seeing that option. Uh, but it does exist. People just don't want to talk about it. Right. Getting back to, you referenced the Cam Atkinson for Jake Voracek trade. Uh, I noticed that Cam Atkinson currently leads the Flyers in goals. He's second on the team at points. So yeah, you would say that that trade has been a success? Oh God, yeah, we love him. Like from, <laughs> there, there are very few people in Philadelphia who are enthralled by Cam Atkinson. So yeah. great guy on and off the ice. He's super fun. There's a picture that our photographer, Heather Barry, took of Cam Atkinson congratulating Cam York on his first NHL goal from last night, Saturday night. I'm sorry, time is time. (laughs) Uh, But it's just like the look on Cam Atkinson's face for Mm -hmm. Cam Jr. is just like pure joy. And we've been missing a lot of that. And and he's super active on social media, which really helps – all of us who are clinically online. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You, it's easy to see why he was my favorite blue jacket. And Oh, I, easily. Yeah. I still miss him terribly. Um, now, that being said, Voracek has been tremendous for us. He has made all of his line mates better. He's been a great voice in the locker room. So, you know, he was someone that Philly left exposed in the expansion draft and then less than a week later traded him away. Why was Philadelphia in such a rush to get rid of Voracek? Because I'm not, I don't, I don't see why anyone would give this guy up. The contract is is mm. really what it came down to. Chuck Fletcher needed to free up some money, and, and it just came down to the contract. And you know that. And Jake was one of those guys who needed a change of scenery. Sorry if anybody's right. listening. That is my dog Bear. You know, he, he he would never publicly say that. And of course, he would have continued to produce at a great level in Philadelphia. But it was it was just like I don't know how to explain it, just like his time here had run its course. Sure. He was a great player. He was a great leader in the locker room. But you know, things in the Flyers locker room have been a little bit garbage for the past few years. I don't think that anybody is blaming it on Jake Voracek. If anything, they're blaming it on Shane Gostisbehere. Mm. Um, but he's kind of lumped in with that. And I think that that's unfair because Jake isn't a rude guy. He's not a malicious guy. Right. He's very funny. And he'll tell you exactly what he's thinking, which I personally appreciate. And I know a lot <laughs> yeah. of other journalists do. And not only from the comedy standpoint, but, you know, it's it's valuable insight. So there was yeah. nothing really bad about his time in Philly. They needed to clear up space and they just kind of wanted to refresh the chemistry in the locker room. And this was, you know, kill two birds with one stone. Yeah, it's kind of interesting that, that both teams were sort of putting that storyline out there um, and yet making this one for one trade. Um, and I think Cam was, there was no question that he was fully committed to being in Columbus. I mean, he was at the draft party the night before he was traded. And yeah. I think it was a very sudden trade. Um, but yet in his initial talks with Philly media, you know, he talked about getting a fresh start. And I think in the end for him, 
the fact that so many guys who he was close to on the team were moving on, you know, the fact that Felino and Savard had gotten traded and that Jones had asked for a trade and everything. The locker room was changing. It was getting younger again, and he was one of the older guys. So I think going to Philly, he was going to a locker room with a lot more guys that were of his generation or whatever. So I think that could be a more comfortable fit there. And then for Voracek, I think he's embracing being one of the older guys. It being oh, God. I could father see figure Jake Voracek thriving as a grumpy old man. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's crazy for us to see, too. Because a lot of us in Columbus remember him when he was drafted and when he came in as a, you know, 19 year old, just this teenager, uh, you know, without a beard beard or anything. Yeah. 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 It's, it's so, you know, obviously since he had his thousandth game, there's been a lot of look backs over his, over his career. And it's, it's funny to see how he's changed, but uh, you know, I could, you know, I wouldn't have blamed if he had been disappointed about leaving the place where he had been for a decade, but he has really embraced it, and that's been really nice to see. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial Series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Another thing you talked about was um, Ivan Provorov. So it sounds like, are you finally willing to admit that Zach Wierenski is the better player of those two? Absolutely not. No. Did you see the face (laughs) that I made when you asked that? (laughs) Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, I think that they're both good NHL players. And I think that if they were both on a top pairing together, that would be a really strong pair. And I don't think that either one of them would need someone to hold their hand on a top pair because I think that they would also complement each other really well. So what I'm saying is let's get Provorov and Wierenski on the same team. I don't care which one. We just need to see it, right? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Have like any... you can take Provorov. That's fine. <laughs> At this point, it's just like fire sale on the flyers. You want you want this guy? Take him. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. So, um, so we've talked about a lot of the the big names for the flyers. 
who are some players that are maybe more under the radar or underrated that we wouldn't think of that are players that Jackets fans should keep an eye on uh, in this upcoming game? That's a great question. And I'm actually not going to have an easy time answering it only because with COVID and the taxi squads, Mm. there are so many guys in and out every single game. Yeah, we can relate to that. (laughs) Yeah, I know you can. So by the time this game happens, if Cam York is playing, he's kind of our new, really exciting defensive prospect. Um, He just played his first game in the NHL the other day. He's like, fresh out of college he's he's someone that even if the flyers go full burn down trade everyone we're rebuilding cam york will stay because he's young and he's one of their that's who they took in the draft oh god time it was it must have been the 2019 draft the the where the flyers were supposed to take uh, Cole Caulfield and took Cam York instead. And the way that it was announced, it was from the U.S. Development League. It is kit. And everyone was like, yeah, they took they took the short goal boy, which is what they were calling him, and then finished <laughs> with Cam York. Yes. So keep an eye on Cam York. Okay. Uh, the other players that may fly under the radar that may or may not be playing – this game, um, you know, Joel Farabee and Travis Connecting have suddenly become underrated. And I think that that's a little bit of a dramatic overreaction from Flyers fans, which I know is really out of character for us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you know, Joel Farabee is still so young. He's a little streaky, but goal scorers are. Right. And he is just... Once he's on, he is dynamic. And the same with Travis Konechny. You know, people are upset that he is no longer leading the Flyers in goals that like he was three years ago. But there were a lot of things that were different three years ago. So I think that we all need to move on from that. Uh, and look at Travis Konechny as the player that he is, which is, again, a creative, streaky scorer who really is not afraid of anything or anyone but the problem being that he's not scoring all the time and that can get a little bit irritating, Mm -hmm. but I would prefer for him to be irritating to the team that he's opposing. So I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, no, I I think I would agree with, with those two names being underrated because those are two guys that I've seen Philly fans like yourself rave about. And yet they're not ones that I immediately come to mind for me as, intriguing young NHL players. But then I look at the numbers and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, these guys are actually super productive. Like, why are these not bigger names? Why do I not know more about them? So, um, yeah, yeah th- those are ones that I will definitely be keeping an eye on for sure. Yeah, Joel Farabee is one of my favorite flyers at the moment. He's just, he's like one of those Gen Z guys who just <laughs> like, I, I don't I don't even know the vibe. Like, I can't explain the vibe, but he's mm-hmm. got it. And I respect it. I'm too old to explain what the vibe is, but it, it exists. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, all right, last question. Carter Hart, is is he back this year or what what what's the status of Carter Hart? Yeah, yeah. He he had a real bad time with um 
the pandemic last year and mm-hmm. self-isolation. And I mean, we all did. Um, sure. And it hit, it hit this 22 year old kid living away from his family and his teammates for the first time ever hit him real hard. And it showed on the ice. Uh, we are not seeing that this year. You know, he has been steady. He's been consistent. And he is the reason that the flyers will never be bad enough to tank. Mm, like yeah. they're, that's that's the air quotes problem is that if they keep Carter Hart, he's good enough that if they didn't ice anyone else on the team, they still wouldn't be in a position to get the number one, number two overall draft pick. So yes, he's back. He's good. The bigger shock is that Martin Jones is backup goalie has not been a complete disaster. Yeah. That has been stunning to me. <laughs> Absolutely stunning. Stunning is the word. Like I, I've watched a few of his like saves on repeat. Like, mm-hmm. Oh damn. Like he did that. That's Martin Jones who I was convinced was done playing in the NHL. Well, and especially when you're saying that the defense is a problem for the flyers. So it's not like the goalies are getting helped out by the defense. The goalies are doing this on their own. Yeah, yeah. No, they really are because the defense is ugh. I th- that's the only like I'm trying I'm I'm coming up with the names of the guys that are playing and the, my only response is ugh mm. because that's yeah. what they are. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, the Jackets have the situation of being having a lot of defensive struggles and it comes as much from the the forwards defensively as it does from the defensemen. But I don't think anyone has an issue with any of the defensemen that are playing because a lot of them have an offensive side of their game, which is really intriguing. It's just, we have to take with that, the fact that, Oh, they're going to give up some breakaways and turnovers and be a little bit lost in the defensive zone, but we just have to deal with that. Well, that's really great when they're good at mm-hmm. cleaning it up in the defensive zone. We have Keith Yandel. Yeah. <laughs> Rather, we have the corpse of Keith Yandel because, yikes. Hey, respect the Iron Man streak, right? Yes, and we are all completely convinced that that's the only reason that he's playing right now is because the Flyers don't want to be the team to break his Iron Man streak. Yeah, fair enough. There's no other reason for him to be playing over any of the other defensemen that could be, which is like Sam Moran, who has maybe one knee left and that's <laughs> on a hope and a wish. Well, suddenly Scott Harrington doesn't sound like so bad of an option. Does it? <laughs> I got to tell you, the defense is real bad and I'm not, I'm, I'm one of the most optimistic flyers fans that you're going to come across. So like, I hear the tone in my voice saying that everything is bad and it doesn't sound like everything is bad, but I promise it is. It's real bad here in Flyers land. And there is very little chance that it gets better in the short term. So if the Jackets have to jump the Flyers to make the playoffs, I'm going to tell you right now, it will happen. Okay. Well, I'm not thinking playoffs. I think both of us are way too far behind Pittsburgh. Oh November, yeah, no so way. No way. But <laughs> the Jackets will beat the Flyers in the standings by the end of the season. Like we could, we could put money on that. It will happen. Okay. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, I could see that happening. And I mean, I guess, I don't know if it's what I'm hoping for. I'm just, ha- <laughs> I'm just, I'm just happy the jackets aren't at the bottom of the division. 
A lot of people picked yeah. the Jackets to finish dead last, and I knew that they could do better than that. And so the fact that they are, I'm totally okay with that. Um, so rather than asking for who's going to win or lose, because I'm going to ask, what should be the over-under in this game? Ooh. Do you want to make it fun? Sure. Uh, let's do self goals, own goals. <laughs> we actually—I don't know that we've had any or many of those. We've had like we've bad had a, rebound. We've goals, had a couple. But, oh wow! I mean, we could set the line at point five. So if there's okay. one, if there's one, that would be, you know, the over. If there's none, that would be the under. I think I think there's going to be one because that's the way that the Flyers are playing. I think I, I'm going to take the over. <laughs> All right, so you're you're on the board saying there's going to be a self goal, and then what about total goals? If you can, you think they can hit ten combined? Oh God, no, no. This is going to be <sighs> what's the score going to be? Three one Jackets. Oh, interesting. I'm feeling that in my soul, and I don't know why, but that's what I got. Okay, you know it, it is. There, any of the range of possibilities are plausible for the Jackets because this is a team that last week shut out the Hurricanes and then uh-huh. gave up nine goals to the Panthers. So, the a- anything you could say they could have great. a shutout, you could say they could give up ten, and anything it would not surprise me. So <laughs> that's kind of the Flyers too, but I don't think that there's a way. I. <laughs> I don't know. No, they're not. Between the two of them, they're not scoring 10 goals. The Flyers don't have more than two in them, so. Well, it's it's not so much about that the offense scoring. It's just the defense giving up that. Those kind right, of right. No, I thought so. about that, too. I, I, I'm sticking with 3-1. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. All right, well, Steph, thank you so much. I appreciate, uh, appreciate your time. Um, it sounds like we've got a real sickos game on our hand this week. And uh, we have a real sickos game. This is going to be a game for those of us with the spicy sadness. It's going <laughs> to be real fun. Awesome. Can't wait. For more content from the Canon, go to jacketscanon.com. You can also follow the Canon on Facebook and on Twitter at CBJ Canon. If you like this podcast, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and be sure to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Our theme music is the song Green Eyes by Angela Perley and Howlin' Moons. Go to AngelaPerley.com for more music and show dates.